Well, this is the week that we've been talking about for months. And starting tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, uh, Pastor Keith Tusi will be with us sharing. Uh, Tuesday night, uh, we've mentioned to you we have sort of a slow roller. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be talking to everyone on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday night, Pastor Rod's going to come back and just knock it clean out of the park. So you are invited every single night. All the evening services are open. I am inviting you to be here. I want you to be here. Let's pack the place out, and uh, it'll be an exciting place to be. Amen? So I'm not going to run that and just belabor the point. I know you'll be here and participate in all of that. Well, Pastor Rod and Mary Aguilar need little introduction. Uh, we've talked through the years now that every pastor needs a pastor. I believe that. Uh, I just believe we all need oversight. We need a shepherd. We need someone we can look to and say, that's my pastor. It's great to be able to say, that's my church. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's just a step up when you can say, that's my pastor. That's my shepherd. That's who God uses to speak a lot into my life. And uh, we are just excited that Pastor Rod and Mary Aguilar, you know, we had to make a transition about five years ago. And... Um, you know, that wasn't easy when you've been uh, fellowshipping and been a part of an organization, but it was, it was a God plan. There wasn't anything wrong. Nothing went awry. Uh, my, my former pastor was retiring, and, and he was just, he was of age that he was just not going to do this anymore. So we went on a hunt, and when we went on a hunt, we weren't going to look for an organization. I went to look for a pastor. And uh, just through God's providence, uh, we found the Aguilards. And I want to tell you this, that, that uh, 05, 06, 07, those were... <laughs> My challenges now weren't anything like then. We had some big challenges. But as soon as I threw my hat and I said, this is where I'm connecting, all of a sudden the trajectory of this church started moving like this. And I just believe it was the favor of God saying, you made the right choice. You're in the right place. This is what I can do when you're connected. And so I believe that whether you realize it or not, we have gleaned mightily from our relationship with the Aguilars. So what we do here at Legacy is we honor. We honor the servant of the Lord. So would you stand with me, put your hands together as we honor Pastor Rod and Mary Aguilar. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead and roll that, the swamp people. <laughs> well, we'll sit right here. We got five men back there, so we should. <laughs> it takes a lot more South Carolinas to run something. <laughs> Take one Cajun, one swamp person. But they're coming. But as they get it ready, I bring you swamp greetings. Mike, Mike, where's Mike at? Michael, uh, fellow Cajun. Since you're a functioning deacon, give me that stand right there. You're not fat like some Cajuns. <laughs> Are we doing any good, guys? Y'all need me to go back there and do it? Thank you, Michael. Michael, uh, Facebook me. Mary and I are Facebook addicts. You know, you've got to be addicted to something. And uh, 
He asked me to bring some boudin, but I ate it all. <laughs> I, I want to honor Pam and Davis and, and her son, John, who's in the service here. Is that correct? Why don't you stand there from our church at Lifehouse? Just give them a warm welcome. You got it? Okay. There's six of y'all. In the farthest corner of America lies the nation's largest swamp. You hear noises at night out here that you don't know what they are and you don't want to know what they are. A hidden world where nature rules. It's really a dangerous, dangerous thing we're doing out there. And man fights back. Welcome to the swamp. So really, the last time we came, he didn't have any teeth, but he does have implants now, thank God. Are you, you, you exposing me again? I think some of them soft. Anyway, well, we, we love to expose each other, but you'd be proud of me. I'm an alligator killer, too. In fact, where they kill the alligators is where I fish, in that swamp area near Pier Park. I passed right in front of Troy's house on the way to where we launch our boat at. And so uh, be proud of me. I killed, uh, we killed two or three alligators last year, duck hunting. <laughs> Willie, they, they, they try to eat our ducks in the marshes. A lot of ducks, uh, a lot of alligators because we're in a sweet marsh, mostly freshwater. So when we see them going after our dead duck, that's a dead alligator. Now, we don't have tags. It's illegal, but there's a higher law. <laughs> and so we pull our mud boat because when, they, when they're eating, they don't pay any attention to anybody. So we pull up right behind, up to them, three feet away with an extreme Beretta 312-gauge automatic, and we blow a hole in their back, and we kill them. And then we have to throw them away because the game wardens would, would arrest us. But again, you know, they shouldn't fool with our ducks. We shot a seven-footer this past fall. Now, I'm not sure we killed him, but he was from a distance. We shot him, and he'd keep rolling over. Good, good chance he's dead. Isn't that exciting? Some of you don't like that. Hey, well, uh, that's just part of being a Cajun. We kill things. It's a privilege to be at Legacy Church. 
big thanks, big great thanks for all the work. My goodness, we didn't ask Pastor to do all this, but he's an excellent person. He's a Daniel in the house, and of course his wife's a motivator and a captivator and a facilitator, and I could keep on about her. <laughs> but thank you. Big thanks. And by the way, you're, you're going to be some, around some of the greatest servants of God this nation has ever seen or heard of. Pastor, prophet, Joel's one of them. And God's going to bless you for blessing these men of God and ladies. Uh, I remember preaching with Brother Koshi in South India, and I got there and found out they put a hot water tank in just for us. They were feeding us fish and all sorts of nice things. They were eating the lesser food. And then I found out the well was going dry, the water well, and we were using water. You know how we profusely use water. And he didn't tell me anything. I found that out through some of the natives. I said, Brother Koshi, what are you doing? You can't afford a hot water tank. I mean, they're, they're sending out hundreds of pastors, putting all their money in the kingdom, and feeding us the best food. He said, I'm going to treat you like I treat Jesus. Never forgot that still touches me. What an honor to treat men of God that way. And thank you for treating us that way. So give yourself a clap offering. <laughs> not, not too hard. It's light. <laughs> Stay low. But uh, it's great to be here. And, and this is Charleston, South Carolina, uh, the, the city of the, the uh, Southern Bells. Is that right? And, uh, uh, I, I appreciate your pastor, Kevin, and, and Pastor Tracy. They're, they're great. I mean, you know, they're great hearts. got big old, big hearts. They're trustworthy. You can follow them. They're, they're true to their word. They're integrous. Uh, brother, Pastor Kevin is Mr. Quite with a big stick. Uh, pastor Tracy is Mrs. Vivacious with a small stick. Aren't they a great balance? And, and I, I love her. I, I just appreciate her. She makes me feel at home because she's like Mary. She's an extrovert. And she has lots of words. And I, I like that. That means I don't have to talk much. When I go out with Mary with a couple, I can just relax and eat while she carries the conversation. And you put her and Tracy together, it's a, it's a team. So we got to enjoy our food last night while they talked, and we just listened. We carried a big stick and while we were listening, but it's just great. I got Miss, Mrs. Beautiful with me, uh, Marvelous Mary. We're 51 years into our covenant, almost 52. Again, I married her when she was 10. Not true. And, and, and God has saved the best wine for last. The reason I have this long naked neck thing on, not naked, but neck thing on, I'm hiding some kiss marks. That is not true. That is not true. You are bad. Come on. Let me have a little bit of fun. Just a little bit. Don't get offended. And she still gets offended after 52 years. And I don't know why. I'm so gentle and easy. And, and I, I don't make fun of her at all. And, and uh, but she still gets upset at me. Pam, do you know after 52 years? We, we were, I was sharing with Pastor last night. We were watching the national playoff football. We 
We like football and baseball and shop. She likes shopping malls. And uh, Mary and I have never been against each other in any competition of sports, but all of a sudden she picks up on the Oregon Ducks. Can you imagine? And I kill ducks. <laughs> the flies or dies. And, and, and here she is, and Mary's very, she's like Tracy, she's very expressive. Yeah, and it's, it's good. I like that. I'm not against that. And, and, and here I am, I'm Southeast Conference guy, of course, Arbonne. Clemson didn't do much this past year, but Arbonne, I was pulling for Arbonne. She comes in there and she starts hollering, and because she, she actually gets involved emotionally in the game. She, I told you, she prays. Prays in tongues. I don't know if all of you pray in tongues in here, but she prays in tongues. You don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but she'll shkota, 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 shkota. That means win, win, win. Go, go, yeah. go. And, and, and she started hollering for the ducks. This little bitty young, this back start running. Go, 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 standing up. It just aggravated me to no end. I said, Mary. I said, that's enough of that. I said, go up in the bedroom and watch TV up there. We don't have a TV up there. <laughs> you know when you offend your wife, men, you ever, you, you see it in their eyes? I saw that hurt come all over her eyes, you know, that, like a deer in the spotlight, this sort of unbelievable, I said that to her, and I really felt bad about saying it, but I meant it, but I, I felt bad. I don't think he did. And, and I said, Mary, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Said, I'm not. And I said it again. And I don't ask her often. You know, men not don't ask for forgiveness much. We're too years. proud. No, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> Father, don't kill her. I need her. Because he always thinks he's right. Well, 95% of the time I'm right. I'm feeding back a little bit in my teeth. Need two more men back up there. You only got, you only got three. And I said, Mary, forgive me. He said, I'm not. I said, why won't you forgive me? Because you don't mean it. He didn't. And after five appeals, she finally broke down, forgave me, and then I let her come back in the room. <laughs> and she hollered and screamed, and I didn't say anything. But thank God Orban won. I could see him cringing, though, while I was doing that. But a duck's almost won. No, duck's. Poor ducks. You know, the most innocent bird in the world is a duck. You know, we wound them and we hold them in our hands. And they just look at us, just harmless. They don't try to fight us, don't try to peck us. And then we wring their necks. Go, go ahead. I'm taking away from the anointing right now. Go ahead. Well, Stephen, our son, will be here this week. Some of you will meet him. And he doesn't wring their neck. He takes their head and with his eye teeth, he bites their head and kills them. Barbaric, huh? Cajuns bites their brand. We're, we're Cajuns. We're Cajuns. Just forgive us. Ladies, I know this is hurting you. Just forgive This is how the Lord designed us. You know, y'all are different from us. Somebody saying, thank God. Praise Mary, God. marvelous query up and share. I'm taking, we're taking too much time. You're taking too much time. But it's good to be here. We're excited. Yeah. We can't uh, believe all the things that you've done around here. Everything I've looked at, I think it's new. I thought the mural was new out there. And they said, no, that's been there. I just missed that the last time I'm we so came. I'm so glad that Pastor picked out all the colors. 
Uh-oh, you're going to wound Tracy. <laughs> Praise God. But it's we're excited to be here. And, you know, it's better to be a giver than a taker. And I know that some of you have really given in the, the last few weeks or days. And, you know, God's going to bless you for that, like Pastor Joe said. You're gonna, uh, your church is going to uh, prosper for one, from what you've done, what you have laid your life down. You know, God sure. calls us to be servants. And when we serve, because Jesus was a servant, you know, we're blessed back. But I just want to say to you that we love this church. We love your pastors. We want, we are excited to see that y'all are exciting and y'all are coming forth in Jesus. Jesus' name. You know, we want y'all to be successful. We really yeah, do. That's right. In the Lord. And we pray for that. We do pray for that. And so we're excited to be here. You know, I just want to say to you that God's mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And he loves you, and great is his faithfulness. In Galatians 6 9, it says, Do not grow weary and well doing if you don't faint or quit. And you might have got weary this week with Tracy and Kevin pushing you so much, but don't faint. Just stand up and keep on going, and you're going to reap in due season because God loves you, and I love you too. God bless you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. That's great. I've been trying to communicate with y'all for about five minutes. You've got to watch me. Go ahead and put the rest up there. Hit another button. I think one more. Is that it? I'm looking today at giants, grasshoppers, and God. How many giant killers in the house? Anybody? How many grasshoppers in the house? You're going to find out today before this message is over whether you're a giant killer or a grasshopper. If you're a grasshopper, i got good news. God's getting ready to promote you today into a giant killer. I'm not going to let no devil steal my peace and my joy. In Jesus' name. How about you? So I, I just want to share a few notes I took from The Dream Giver. How many of you ever read The Dream Giver by Bruce Wilkerson? Tremendous book. If you haven't read it, get it. The Dream Killer, Bruce Wilkerson. And I believe this. Everybody on earth is born with a God-given dream inside of them. And I have a dream, and I'm so grateful your pastor is living his dream and his wife. Uh, my daughter, who two years ago ended her life, that's something I tell her on a daily basis when she was depressed. I said, Lynn, God has a dream, and the dream never dies. Don't care what it looks like, don't care what it smells like, don't care what it feels like, that dream never dies. It lives on the inside of us, in Jesus' name. And he made this statement, and I quote him, every dreamer soon learns that the road is clogged with obstacles. You may not be understanding that yet, but I, I promise you, your road, is, there's going to be hindrances to your dream all through your life. But every obstacle is God's opportunity for you to do better and be better. What Satan means for your destruction God's going to turn it for your edification if you'll trust him in Jesus' name. And so there's three major obstacles on the road to our destiny and our dream. One he referred to as bullies in the borderland. I don't know if you ever met a bully in the borderland. I've met some. 
you know, neighbors and friends and even relatives that try to talk you out of your dream. I know when I was first called in the ministry, I was in management with a major uh, chemical company and was making uh, good money, et cetera. But when I said I, I heard I was called and I was getting ready to resign, then all of a sudden I met bullies in the borderland. My own family, my daddy and mother said, you ought not to do that and leave your family the provisions you have. Uh, even my pastor tried to dissuade me. <laughs> so, I mean, innocent people, that does, it don't mean harm. I mean, they mean well. But if God gives you a dream, don't let anybody talk you out of it. And God has given you one in Jesus' name. So there's border bullies. They'll cause you to pray. They'll cause you to seek the Lord and call you to know that you've heard the voice of God. So God has a purpose even in your bullies in the borderland. Are you with me? And then there's another place called the wasteland. It's the second obstacle. Another word for it is the wilderness. If you hadn't been there yet, get ready, you're going. The Holy Spirit led or guided Jesus into the wilderness to be tried and tested. And you, you, you're going to be tried and tested. Everything you confess that has God in it, you're going to be tested and tried on that confession. There's going to, and, and, it's, and by the way, it's good for you that you are tested and tried. I don't like the wilderness. I don't like the testings. I don't invite them. Some people want to invite them. I don't invite the devil. I don't invite the testings. That They will come. I promise you they're coming. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, many of the setbacks and heartbreaks, but the Lord delivers them from them all. I shout on both of those truths, not on just one. The wasteland is the place of disappointment, setbacks, and heartbreaks. And in your life, I know you're young up here, but in your lifetime, you're going to be faced with many disappointments and difficulties and heartbreaks and setbacks. I know that doesn't sound like good news, but God's doing something in the midst of all of that stuff that's going on. So the wasteland is the place of lengthy trials that come to all of us. The psalmist made this statement in Psalms 44, 18. Our hearts have not deserted you. We have not strayed from your path, yet you have crushed us in the desert. You have covered us with darkness and death. I've been here 77 times 70 in the place called wilderness in the desert, the place of setbacks and heartbreaks. But I'm still standing. I'm still serving. And I'm still shouting. And my best days are still ahead of me by the grace of God. Come on, give God a shout on that one. I love you guys. So glad to be here. I, I, I put on Facebook, Mary's a Facebook addict. I'm not quite there, but she's there. She's helping me to get there. And, and uh, I, I said, I'm going to a Holy Ghost party in South Carolina. So I'm here. You know, I used to, I'm a Cajun. I used to get, when I was lost, I'd get excited about Mardi Gras parties. And it, it was almost the same kind of excitement, except this has a little bit more righteousness in it. I promise you. Mary used to lead me into that lifestyle. But desert times, uh, I quote from the book, are diamonds in the sand. Even though we don't like them. God does his greatest work in the wilderness and in the desert time. The desert time is where the generous dream giver is doing his deepest and his best work. I don't like it. But it's where God does his best work. I am what I am by the grace of God. 
because he's brought me through the testings and trials and tears of life. I worship him more now than I've ever worshipped him. So it's the, it's the invaluable season of preparation, the wilderness is. The wasteland is the testing of your faith. It's the place of great grace and great faith to do your dream. And I quote from James 1, 2. Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. Now, up, when it first comes, it's certainly there's no joy. In it. But let it be an opportunity. There may be weeping for the night, but joy is going to come in the morning. In Jesus' name. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let it go and let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be strong in character and ready for anything, ready to take the land and ready to face this next obstacle, the giants of the land. So the third obstacle in the book is the Valley of the Giants. Get the book, The Dream Giver by Bruce Wilkerson. I, I read it from from New Orleans to Phoenix once, and I wept all the way to Phoenix because I could see my life in the book. And the Valley of the Giants, the giants are the powers of darkness that unite to stand against us, that we don't take our land of promise of joy, peace, and righteousness, and peace, and prosperity in the Holy Ghost. So you need God's power to overcome in the valley. And we're going to look at that today. You, we're going to see God's power to overcome the valley of the giants, to come against the giants that, that, that come against us. The kingdom truth is giants are God's primary opportunity to make his power and God's knowledge known to a world that needs it. So the God has a purpose, even the giants. Aren't you glad that God rules the devil doesn't? The devil rule, you'd all be dead by morning. But God rules. God reigns in Jesus' name. So here we are. We're, we're at Numbers 13, at verse 1. And, and I just want to give some background. The chosen people are on the threshold of divine destiny. They're at Kadesh Barnea. They're at the, at the gateway to the promised land. I, I, agree with, I agree with Prophet Pastor Joe Warner. This church is getting ready. You're at the gateway to the land of promise and power, the land of great anointing and great increase and multiplication. You're at the threshold. Pastor and his wife have a dream. I love them very much. They have a destiny. And they mean business with God, and God means business through them. And you have joined them as a team to say, hey, we can do it. We can do it. We can do this dream we can do this vision. We can reach the suffering of Charleston. That's who you're going to reach, by the way. We're going to reach the suffering of Charleston, and we're going over the walls. And going to reach South Carolina, and maybe North Carolina. But we're—that's—that's that's an enemy here, North Carolina. But but we're going to—we're going to reach the regions of the world with our sons and daughters. We're going to raise up a prophetic generation of sons and daughters. Going to knock the hell. I mean the hell. I'm sorry. Knock the Hades out of the devil. I, I don't want to cuss. Okay. But hell is a real word. I mean, it's a real place. So we're going to kick the Hades out of his bowels and we're going to knock the spit out of his mouth and knock the snot out of his nose. And Mary don't like me to say any of those words. I just said them. I said, Rod, that's so crude. Well, I said, well, I'm crude. I'm just an old Cajun. I, 
I'm, I'm not ignorant, I'm just backward. I'm crude and I carry rough language with me. And Brother Pastor loves me, so that makes me all right. <laughs> Jesus' name. So how many of you are ready to take the land? Then how many of you are ready to face the giants? Anybody here beside the pastors? Anybody ready to face giants? You're going to face them whether you like it or not. What you do with them will depend on if you see God. So the Lord said in verse 1, said to Moses, send men to explore in verse 2 and scout out the land. So they sent out 12 spies. They saw the land of milk and honey. They saw the land of crawfish, etouffee, the land of shrimp creole, the land of black and alligator tail, the land of andouille gumbo, the land of catfish cubion. They saw a good land. And they said, man, it's a luscious land. It's a land of marshes and swamps and ducks to kill and deer to take down. It's a great land. We ought to, <laughs> I'm adding a little bit to the word here. We ought to take this land. Allah, in Jesus' name. And, and so, so here, here they are. They're, they're at the threshold of destiny. And, and, and as we look at the word here, 12 saw giants, 10 saw grasshoppers, and 2 saw God. Now, who are you seeing? How many giant killers in the house? Anybody here a giant killer? How many grasshoppers? The grasshopper, again, I got good news. God's getting ready to promote you to a giant killer before this message is over with. We're going to anoint you to be a giant killer in Jesus' name. First of all, and uh, how many men we got back there? Three. First of all, we're going to see the problem of the giants. Hey, praise the Lord. Come on, let's give them a clap offering back there. <laughs> I just want to let you guys know, I, I'm not your enemy. I don't mean harm. I just like to have fun. And much sorrow, there's laughter. And the problem of the giants. And there we saw the giants. There we saw the giants. Let me know that there's giants in your land. Not only in your city, but in your personal life, they're giants. So let's look at the problem of the giants. Verse 29 describes some. The Amalekites that dwell in the south. You know about those guys. How many of you here from south? How many of you know there's giants of religion tradition all over Charleston? Bunch of them. When we came here, we discerned several of them, but not on your pastor's. Isn't that great? Then there's a Hittites. That's the giant of rebellion. I mean, oh, there's some rebellion in Charleston, South Carolina, and maybe even in your house. You might have teenagers. No, just skip that. <laughs> then a Jebusite. He's the, he's the giant of materialism. That's the spirit of Antichrist. You know, more and more, less and less. You know, Dollywood, uh, Ash, Dollywood uh, Hollywood, uh, Astroworld, Tilt-A-Whirl, Theater world, water world, you know, all that materialism out there. Aren't you glad you're free of all that? I'm, I'm, going, I'm going further here. And then the, there's the Amorites. That's the giant of pride and independence. There's no independence in this house, is there? My wife is codependent on me. She's codependent. She cannot go in the airport. She don't want to lose sight of me. I said, Mary, just... just Meet me at gate 8. No, you're not. You're not leaving me here at this restroom. You're not leaving me. You're going to have to stay right here. I mean, it's almost panic time. 
and, and she doesn't read the gates. She doesn't read the signs. You know, she lets me do all that. We were going to Mexico this past summer, and I had dinner with her and Carl Everett's wife. Gaynell was coming with us to do a seminar with pastors. I'm, I'm hurrying up. We ate dinner together. I said, I'm going by the gate because Gaynell had already been there. I meet you all at the gate. So I went to the gate, and they were not there. And 30 minutes before the plane was to take off, they still weren't there. So I figured Mary was shopping. She loves to shop. That's the spirit that's on her, and I ain't casting out. Seven more coming in. <laughs> and, and so I, I ran back where we ate about 300 yards. I ran, and I'm telling you, I ran hard and fast. My heart was beating in my head. I passed the stress test. I didn't have a heart attack. They weren't there. I came back. I had the lady announce to the whole international, the whole Houston International Airport, Mary Aguilar, report to gate 15. Everybody in the whole airport heard it. They all said, yeah, hallelujah, where is she at? And she still didn't show up. Got to be 20 minutes before the plane was take off, and I was in panic, and I was getting this urge to hurt somebody. <laughs> you ever get that in your marriage, just to hurt her or him? And I had Carl Ever. I called Carl Ever in Baton Rouge. Her phone, she wouldn't answer her phone. So Carl got hold of Gaynell, and they were sitting at another gate. Didn't look big Jacksonville, Florida on the sign. They never looked at the sign. And so I finally went and got him at the other gate and brought him to the right gate. And by that time, I was fit to be tied. And anger started taking over, and I wanted to hurt her. And Gaynell saw it in my eyes. You ever see the eyes of an angry man? And so I, I got on the plane. I had to repent. I asked her again to forgive me because and, and, we were going to crash. But I did. <laughs> you never know how much flesh you got until you get tested, I'm telling you. I said, God, there's iniquity in me because I really wanted to hurt her. I wanted to cuss her anyway. Thank God I didn't cuss her. Well, that's good for a man of God, a pastor. I'm glad you did. Well, you ever felt like cussing somebody since you've been saved? You watch too much, too much PG-13 already, I'm telling you, you're going to cuss. So I had to quit watching those shows. But anyway, then there's a Canaanite by the sea. That's the giant of lust and revelry. And so we got some giants facing us as a church. We've got to unite and face them. And I appreciate the prayer time this morning. You seem to be doing that. And I compliment you. But how about your personal life? There's giants that oppose your personal life. How about the lack of resources? Does that oppose anybody here today? That's a giant. I've been there. How about the intimidating circumstances, like a job change, uh, uh, like, a, like a marital conflict? Have you ever been in one? I've been in several marital conflicts with the same wife. I have one wife, by the way. I don't believe in polygamy. Some people do it sitting here, but it's not God. But I, I, uh, I uh, we've had marital conflicts, and, and we hadn't had any for several years now, major ones, because she learned the word adapt. She didn't like the word submit. She couldn't go that far. That was too heavy for her. <laughs> you got, you got to realize these are two strong women up here. And so she learned the word adapt, and thank God for that translation, because for 10 years now, our marriage has been happy. <laughs> Before that, it was rough and rugged. And <laughs> I love you deeply, Mary. I, I love you more than life would know. 
but intimidating. You ever have teenagers? I'm sorry, teenagers, but most of the time, half the time you're, you got your own mind made up, and that, it's called rebellion. Then there's a giant of materialism against your life. I already described him, the spirit of Antichrist. How, how about the giant of physical illness and mental oppression? That's a major giant. Then the giant of fear. Any of you been faced with that one? Now, don't lie to me. You have. All of you have. The giant of fear. Who he who fears, I quote, already suffers what he fears. The Bible says fear has torment. Fear immobilizes. Fear erodes the, the, the life of faith. Fear will take you down. So today we're going to pull down that old giant of fear in Jesus' name. So the truth is today, you must not deny the reality of the giants. You've got to face them and not fear them in Jesus' name. Matthew 16, 18 still stands. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church that Jesus builds. You and I together, now it's a we deal, you and I together, we have the keys of the kingdom. Whatever we bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. What we permit on earth has already been permitted in heaven. So we have power to conquer that which comes to stop us and hinder or even destroy our dream. We have the anointing to do it together. Come on, somebody say together. In Jesus' name. So, also let us consider the problem of the grasshoppers. Hey. Come on, let's give the Lord a, give them a clap offering. I mean. Kind of weak, but guys, y'all are doing good. I better stop saying anything. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Ten spies saw grasshoppers, and they drew a, a dark conclusion, an evil report of unbelief. A, a, and their doubt spread like a virus through the whole camp, and they all started chirping like grasshoppers. And we're going to describe their talk in just a minute. When my wife first got the tongues, I may have shared this, the only time she's ever used the word divorce in our family only time I remember her using it, Rod, do you ever get the baptism in tongues? I'm divorcing you. Because she was Baptist. She was a convert from Catholicism into the Baptist. How many former Baptists in here? Just about all of you. <laughs> but, hey, I'm Baptist. Hey, I love the Baptist work. I love, I love, I come out of that group. But she, she got around these people in her, she worked for a printer, said the baptism of the Holy Spirit is demonic. And so if you ever get that, I tell you, that's demonic, and I have grounds for divorce. Now, wherever she got that word from, I don't know. But guess what happened? She got it before I got it. <laughs> the Lord knocked out the major resistance against me and, and, and gave her the baptism, and she got back from a youth camp speaking in them tongues. And it was, it was this little, it, it, it was a squeaky tongue. She'd come up to me and go, meeny, 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 meeny. And I thought it would turn me off to no end. You know, man's pride in that tongue was so squeaky. Thank God she's developed and matured now. It's scuttish, 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 scuttish. Rod, you're being sacrilegious. Well, just, you got a religious demon. That's what you got. I'll cast it out of you before the end of this service. The Lord enjoys me. He, he laughs at me all the time. It's just hilarious. He, he just, God's got such a great sense of humor, and some of you need a sense of humor. 
So if you look at Numbers 14, verse 1, you see grasshopper talk. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and wept all that night. They whined and complained, whining and crying. Brother Kevin, it's too much. It's too hard. When souls make disciples, and I don't see your sign, when souls make disciples, too much. Whining and crying and belly aching and carried on. God don't live in that atmosphere, by the way. Give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God. And if you keep complaining and whining, you have tied all the hands of your angels, and you've loosed the demonic against your home. Then the, then the, then the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. They murmured against their leaders. They blame-shifted, blamed their, their, their leaders for what was happening. And then, then, then they said, You brought us into this land to fall by the sword, and our wives and children should be a prey. Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? It was better to die. I can't take this resistance. That's compromise and retreat. Pastor, let's go back to church as usual. You know, seven songs and a sermon and seven hours of television on Sunday. Let's go back to that land. We ain't going back there. We ain't going back to seven songs and a sermon. We're, we're, we're in here for life in Jesus' name. Any, any grasshoppers in the house? Did I describe any of you just now? Just raise up your hand real quick. <laughs> it's an exciting message. I'm so glad I'm here. Now, which of the problems are greater, the giants or the grasshoppers? Question. The giants are reality. The grasshopper is a mindset. We're on our own side as grasshoppers. We're not winners. We're losers. My grandson, I was teasing him. Of course, I, I, don't, I know hardly ever tease people. But I was teasing my Joseph, in fact, he called me last night and told me he loved me. So it's okay with him. I was teasing on him, and he, he did this to me. I said, what's that, Joe? He said, you're a loser. <laughs> you're not losers. You're winners. <laughs> you are winners. I don't care what you feel like. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you smell like. You're winners in Jesus' name. Somebody say, I'm a winner. I'm not a grasshopper. I'm a giant killer. By the grace of God, ain't no giant going to steal my dream, or my destiny, or my home, or my finances, or my health, in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a shout. Hallelujah. Now, giants are, are dangerous. They represent fear, resist, fierce resistance, but grasshoppers are deadly because they destroy you from within. No faith to win, no faith to war, no faith to win. So, the startling truth here is that Israel perished in the wilderness, not because of the giants, but because of a grasshopper mindset. The kingdom of heaven suffered, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. That means aggressive. That means we, we do something about it in Jesus' name. Submit unto God, resist now you're not the devil. Resist the devil. <laughs> And he will turn around and flee. We first got to get grace. That's the invaluable, invaluable uh, grace of trials and tears that God's grace kicks in and strength comes in. And then we have power to resist the darkness and the danger and the problems and the pressures of this earthly life. 
and they, we all suffer. I just had a cousin, first cousin, who I rushed to pray for Friday. Headache Monday, vomiting Tuesday, ICU Wednesday, dead at 2.30 this morning. Wonderful. He's like a brother to me. His wife's like a sister. And, of course, I can't make the funeral, but as soon as I get in, I'm going there and spend a couple of days with my precious, she's a first cousin, but she's a sister to me. We love each other deeply. It's unbelievable, things like that to happen. And I don't understand everything that happens, but it happens. But I know God rules, and God had the last word. The brain cancer said death. God said life. And so he's in heaven, and I'm still going to miss him. The bad thing about death is you miss him. So before we can confront the giants, we've got to repent of a grasshopper mentality. So this year, today, we're going to confront the chirping and the whining and the complaining and the self-pity. Get off your pity potty. Mary said, you shouldn't use that word, pity potty. I see someone sitting on a pot. Well, Mary, not everybody thinks like you. I can't even compute that. You know, feeling sorry for yourself. Hey, don't feel sorry. You're living in the greatest nation, and we're going downhill right now, but it's going to come back if the church becomes the salt of the earth. Fox News is not the salt of the earth. We're the salt of the earth. Uh, this nation will come back in Jesus' name. We will see the glory of God. We're going to go through a lot of judgments. It's ahead of us, but that's beside the point. But the church is going to get on her knees and cry out, and God's going to come in his glory. But, but get, we're going to get off the pity pot. We're going to quit... That we're going to stop, get out of the spirit of complaining, the spirit of apathy and difference in Jesus' name. We're going to repent of every offense and withdrawal and bitterness and anger. Whatever is causing you to be a grasshopper, we get rid of it today. Amen. Come on, somebody give me a shout in Jesus' name. So how many giant killers in the house? Okay, and I'm closing finally now. I want us to consider the power of God. Twelve saw giants, ten saw grasshoppers, and two saw God. Who? Remember that caterpillar sitting on the leaf in Alice in Wonderland? Who are you? And he blows smoke. Who, who do you see? That will determine your destiny. Now that's a lot of truth, this one up there. You'll just take it in and suck it in. Sucking in like he used to suck smoke. <laughs> suck that in. How many free of nicotine? Anybody here still hindered with nicotine? Get you delivered today. Cash that thing out of you. So who do you see? That determines your destiny. It'll determine whether you wander in the wilderness or you go into your promised land of joy and peace and God's peace and prosperity, and God's presence, purity, and power. It will determine that. I want to conclude with four truths. Four truths. If you've got to take it notes, I'm going to go slow on this. Consider these four truths. Those who gaze at giants, those who gaze at giants, live like grasshoppers. I ain't gazing at no giant. I'm not going to gaze at what could happen, should happen, might happen. I'm not going to gaze at tomorrow. I have no grace to live tomorrow. 
I'm not going to gaze back at the past, what went wrong, what could I could have done, should have done, would have done. Ain't going back there. Ain't got no grace to go back there and face a dead giant. I got grace today. I got grace to love pastor today. I got grace to enjoy and love his wife. And I got grace to love pastor prophet that's here. Of course, isn't, isn't Gay Lynn a beautiful young lady, 16 years old and beautiful? I got grace to be with her and to fellowship with all of you. I'd like to hug everybody's neck here today and love on you and tell you that everything is going to be all right in Jesus' name. Don't care what it smells like, looks like, feels like. Jesus is Lord, and he will have the last word on every circumstance in your life if you'll trust him in Jesus' name. Let's trust him. Let's trust him. It's a big word, trust him. So those who gaze at giants live like grasshoppers. They're chirping and they're not conquering. Moses gazed at God and he killed giants. If you'll gaze at God, you'll have the grace to kill giants. That's why the trial has come to get you to where you're gazing in him and you're depending upon him. And then he kicks in and you have grace to kill your giant. In Jesus' name. How many giant killers in the house? Any giant killers? How many grasshoppers? We... We lose any grasshoppers yet? The second truth, either you live in the shadow of giants or you live in the shadow of God. The psalmist described it well. He who abides in the, dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm grateful I'm more addicted to His presence than I am to Facebook. Someone give me a shout. I'm more addicted to, to his presence than I am on footballs and shopping malls. I'm more addicted to his presence than I'm addicted to boats and coats. I know that sounds out there, boats, but I, I got two boats. And I got five guns. I just want to let the federal government know they're not getting my guns. I don't know what that means, but they ain't getting my guns. If I got to bury him in an alligator hole, I'll keep my guns. Then I'll kill some on the way in. Every time I talk about killing, my finger does this. this. <laughs> Caleb and Joshua lifted up their eyes above the giants and they saw God. When they saw God, they said, We are well able to overcome. You want to be a giant killer, you're going to have to see God somehow, somewhere, someday. You're going to have to bend low until you get hold of what, who he is and what he's about. And he's a great father, by the way. He delights in you. And even more, he delights in your deliverance. The third truth to consider as we're closing, giants are external, grasshoppers are internal, and God is eternal. That means he rules and he reigns. And he's in control of everything. I'm not, a, I'm not a Calvinist. But I do believe he's sovereign. That he rules and he reigns. But I also believe I've got a free will. I've got to cooperate with him. To see his will done in my life. See that's the balance of those two things. I'm so grateful that he's sovereign. He's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He's everywhere at one time. And he knows everything. About me and about my wife. And he loves us in spite of our flaws and our faults. 
We got a bunch of them, by the way. And don't look at me so holy. You got a bunch yourself. All of you, and me included, and wife, we're all messed up. God's unmessing us. But thank God he's got a mess on his hands. My Lord, how he tolerates me, I'll never understand other than the mercy and grace of God. I do so many stupid things. I'm not stupid. But I do so many. I repent for doing stupid things. Have you ever repented for doing something stupid? I repent for stupid things. When I hurt my wife, I repent. I never mean to hurt her. I love her so deeply, but, you know, I still manage somehow in, in my makeup to offend her. I, but you need to get over it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just an old man. I'm an old rugged Rough cage and Mary says, Rod, you're just old. You're rough and you're rugged. And <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it's going to take God to change me. That's all I got to say. <laughs> the fourth truth, the wilderness and giants don't face you to destroy you. That's not God's plan because he, he rules. His plan is it comes to test you, to mature you, and to prepare you for conquest and destiny in Jesus' name. Everything that comes against you, God is using it prepare you, mature you, and prepare you for your destiny in Jesus' name. Marines are not made Marines because they're on some kind of a love boat. Now, I believe the body should be a love boat, but I first of all think we ought to be a battleship for the glory of God. First of all, we're, we're lovers, yeah, but we're warriors. I put them on the same platform. If you're not a warrior, you're not really a lover. You don't war for the souls of people and your family and your life. You don't really love people. Well, you take that for what it wants. But I, I'm getting my second word, and, and I'm closing here very quickly. I know Pastor said he gets hungry at about 11.30, so I'm... They know that's Well, I lie a little bit, but I, I, I'll tell you when I'm lying so God don't kill me. No, liars are going to hell. So if you're lying a lot on your wife or your husband, you're going to hell. You know that. Get your asbestos suit ready. And bust hell wide open. Keep on lying, you lying thing. You know? Let me cast that lying devil out of you. I cast a woman out of a devil the other day. And that devil was so happy. <laughs> The devil said, thank you, Brother Rod. <laughs> I'm lying. I didn't do that. But men, men like those kind of jokes. Women, women don't like them. <laughs> well, I'm just going to relax. I'm going to do a selah. <laughs> but two saw God, verse 7. Of, of, I'm on the Amplified now. And they said to all the company, that is Joshua and Caleb, the land through which we passed the scouts is an exceeding good land. It's a land of milk and honey, a land of promise and plenty, a land of peace and prosperity. We ought to take it. God's given it to us. We ought to take it. But you've got to take what God gives. You receive, but at the same time, because of resistance, sometimes you just have to press in and take it. And then, then they said, to saw the great goodness of our Father, the Lord delights in us. He delights in us. He delivers us. He doesn't deliver you because you strive and struggle. 
I, I believe in pressing in, but that's not why he delivers you. He delivers you because he delights in you. But he won't deliver you until he does the deeper work on the inside of you that you may do like Job, though he slay me, I'm going to trust him. When he can get you to a level of faith that's maturing and strong and Christ-like, then the pressure, then breakthrough comes. Breakthrough comes. Don't you wish that there was another way to do it? Don't you wish you could just take a pill? You know, everything we do is instant. Don't you think you just take a pill and all of a sudden you got faith and all of a sudden you're Christ-like and all of a sudden you love everybody and all of a sudden you're not offended anymore. You don't get bitter anymore. You don't get angry anymore. You don't get lustful anymore. You don't get proud anymore. It, wouldn't it be good just to take one gospel pill? But it don't work that way. It's a whole lifetime of transformation. Salvation is a process. Your whole lifetime, God's going to be conforming in the image of Christ. The trials will never stop. The tears will never stop. But joy will come in the morning. It's almost a paradox. This walk with Jesus. If you're not careful, you'll give up. Uh, then, 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 then the two saw the Almighty uh, in, in verse... Nine, only do not rebel against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense and the shadow of protection, God's removed their supernatural deities, removed. They were before their time. Remove them, but the Lord is with us, and fear them not. The two saw the Almighty, they saw the Lord of hosts, they saw the supernatural, the protective deity had been removed. The truth was in the natural, Israel was no match for the giants, but in the supernatural, the giant is no match for God and for giant killers, and that's us. No match for us. So the conclusion is, and give me worshiping you. That you know. Now go back just to the power of God. Back it up, right there. Twelve saw giants. Ten saw grasshoppers. And two saw God. Who do you see? This will determine your destiny and the fulfillment of your dreams. The psalmist said, I look unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help, I will look. That's gazing. You can glance at God, but you've got to gaze at Him to know Him. I will look unto the hills which cometh my help. The hills was where the temple was at, and David was facing death and war, war and death. That I'm going to, before that battle, I'm going to look to the hills where the presence of God is at, from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. God can do anything. He will not permit my foot to be moved or to slip. Behold, that he that keepeth me will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my keeper. He's well able to keep me. Well able to see me through. I have grace to be what I ought to be, and I have grace to do what I ought to do. If I will trust him and surrender to Jesus. So, today, we're going to repent of a grasshopper mindset, right? And we're going to face the giant. We're going to take him down now. Not tomorrow. Faith is now. We're going to take him down now. That giant of fear that's come against you. We're going to take him down now. Not tomorrow. Today. Now. That face of that, that giant of financial lack. We're going to take him down now. Not tomorrow, but today. That giant of 
mental uh, oppression. We're going to take him down now in Jesus' name. That, 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 giant of, that giant of physical sickness or disease that's come against your body to hinder your dream, we're going to come against him now in Jesus' name. The giant of sexual sin or guilt or condemnation, he's coming down now. Some of you have been under the gun too long. It's time to get some victory. 